0: Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host Dr. Gloria Horsley with my daughter and co-host Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well Heidi we've got an important show today because we're going to be talking about addiction loss and recovery which we know is important to many of the people that uh, visit with us. So do you want to introduce our guest today? He's a real expert who has personal as well as professional experience in this area.
1: Absolutely, Mom. And this is near and dear to my heart because this is also about sibling loss. And Jason Snyder lost both of his brothers. Todd was 28 when he died in 2005 and Josh was 25 when he died in 2007. So they died two years, about two and a half years apart. Um, Both brothers died of of drug overdoses. And Jason himself is in long-term recovery from the disease of addiction. Today, he is the director of strategic partnership for Pinnacle Treatment Centers. Welcome to the show, Jason.
2: Thank you, Heidi. Thank you, Gloria. It's my pleasure to be here.
0: It's great to have you on and wow, what a story you've got as a parent. And I know as Heidi as a sibling, wow, losing two kids, two brothers, it's gotta be
2: horrendous. Oh, it absolutely is. And when I consider the way my parents brought us up, the family that we had, uh, the aspirations, the goals uh, that my parents had for us, uh, we could never have imagined that uh, this is uh, where our family would end up today, having buried uh, two of its three children and, and the last uh, man standing, so to speak, me, uh, battling my own uh, active addiction for uh, several years, uh, but obviously, and uh, fortunately for me, uh, my story uh, has been much different than, than my brothers. And today I identify as a person in long-term recovery from the disease of addiction. Um, it doesn't make it any easier for me to uh, handle uh, the, the deaths of my brothers, I guess you could say. In other words, I still think of them on a daily basis. I experience a lot of regret uh certainly a lot of remorse and even sometimes some anger at my brothers um and it's something that i have been processing for a long time
0: you know i love the fact that you talk about and i and i've read a little bit about it about your family that they were just your great family and there's so much shame and guilt that goes around with this particularly i think parents feel heavy and you obviously as sibling feel heavy about it, but that shame and guilt is, is crushing, isn't
2: it? Oh, absolutely. My mother, uh, I know to this day, as, as Heidi mentioned, uh, Todd died in 05, uh, Josh in 07, so we're talking 15 and 13 years ago. I know that my mother still feels shame and guilt uh, about uh, my brother's deaths. We had a a very typical Western Pennsylvania upbringing. My mother was a stay-at-home mother who was very active and very involved in our lives, very active in the PTA, the Parent-Teacher Association. My dad was a blue-collar worker who provided us everything we needed and most things we wanted. We were raised in the church. Uh, Our holidays were... Fantastic events. I have pictures of me and my young brothers sitting around a Christmas tree with presents stacked around us. And so for uh, us, for all of uh, of that time we were uh, being raised, the idea of drug addiction and certainly uh, death from overdose was nothing we had ever considered yet uh, in, in very short order. It took front and center stage and there's a big stigma out there against people who, uh, who become addicted, who have substance use disorder. Uh, oftentimes it's considered a moral failing on the part of the person. And for a mother and a father who raised their children like my parents did, giving them every opportunity to succeed, being there for them we were a whole family. Um, we oftentimes talk about trauma as being a driver of addiction, but there was no trauma to speak of. And so it's something very difficult for my parents, especially my mother, to accept that, that this is what happened to her sons. Uh, you're right. Uh, the shame and the guilt, the questions, what, what if or what did I do wrong? These will haunt my mother until the day she dies. I am sure of that.
1: Well, and I've got to say, Jason, you know, I've, I've looked at some of the videos you have online and you can see the love in your family. And like you said, it's a typical family of three fun brothers playing together and, and just a regular family. But it just speaks to the fact that addiction is a huge problem in this country. And, and, you know, that it, it hits everybody and anybody, you know, not just inner cities, where, which is where I live, but rural places, you know, suburbs, everywhere. And it hits regular, loving families like your own.
2: There's no question about that, Heidi. And that, in in part, is a big part of the message that I carry today. And that is that addiction can and does affect anyone. Uh, We see a lot of sensationalism and stereotypes uh, in the media of the person who becomes addicted, the person with a substance use disorder, oftentimes the images that... That, that the sensational media will use include uh, back alleys and, and spoons and syringes, uh, all of those stereotypical images that uh, those who really are misinformed or uninformed about this would associate with the disease of addiction. But in fact, uh, my family, uh, families like mine uh, are affected by this disease on a daily basis. and. And, and in part, I carry that message to say that not only does it affect everyone, recovery is possible from the disease of addiction. And though my brothers are gone, uh, I am a product of recovery and try to carry that message. And in doing so, sharing our family story and, and the tragic stories of my brother brothers, um, Hope that we can reach other families who are experiencing the same thing. This is not only a disease of shame and guilt, but it's also one of isolation. Uh, It's one that will cause families to pull back and retract because of that shame and guilt. And if we can connect with those families who believe they're alone and say, look, you're not. We, We understand. This is what our family was. And this still happened to us. We get it. We, we feel what you are feeling. If we can do that through my family's story, through my brother's story, stories, if we can get someone to engage in treatment, uh, my brother's lives will not have been in vain and we will have memorialized them in a way that uh, gives real, real meaning to their lives. Not to say that there wasn't meaning there before, but they were taken much too early and we have opportunity to to really help a lot of people through that great tragedy.
1: Like you know, telling your story and being candid and honest about what's going on,
0: I think is really reaching a lot of people. Yeah.
1: Thank you, thank I you.
0: Uh, I wanted to ask you just to get into some specific things. What things did people say to you after your brothers died that were helpful and what weren't helpful?
2: Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think that oftentimes people didn't know what to say um, because of, again, the stigma and the shame and the stereotypes that go with uh, this this disease and, and with addiction. Um, folks oftentimes would share... Uh, news stories with me of um, in, increased arrests in the area relative to uh, drug dealers, and 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 try to send, I think, to me the message that look, uh, the, the 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 criminal justice system is is starting to do a better job, and I think it was their way of saying um, while your brothers may have died, there's hope in the future that uh, we can. Uh, eliminate uh, this scourge, I think that 's the message that some folks were trying to send to me and and I certainly appreciate uh, their intentions uh, but but really this isn 't a criminal justice issue for me this is This is a health health system access to evidence based treatment issue uh, in fact. We have said oftentimes that we cannot arrest our way out of this epidemic, but rather we need to put in place better treatment systems in order to help those folks. Incarceration is not the answer. Of course, for the, for the large-scale drug dealers, absolutely. But for folks like me and my brothers and so many others who I know, uh, treatment has to be the path uh, to recovery, not incarceration.
1: Well, and along with that treatment, I would say not to shame people and act as if they're bad because they have an addiction.
2: Well, you're absolutely right, Heidi. Stigma and that shame and that guilt is a huge barrier to treatment. Uh, nobody wants to put up their hand and say, I need help for my addiction if the lay public Uh, or, or the criminal justice system, or even the healthcare system. And I mentioned all three of those segments because they all harbor very significant stigmas against the person with a substance use disorder. Nobody wants to walk into a healthcare system and say, I need help for this, when many times they're met with scorn and disgust and looked at as if they're less than. And so we have a lot of work to do uh, to destigmatize this disease, to to uh, help educate people on what it really is about.
1: Losing two brothers in their in their twenties, relatively very young, in two and a half years. How did you did you survive it? I mean, how did you go on, and how did you find hope, and how did you you know get out of that hell that you must have been in?
2: Well, f- for me. Uh, those years i was uh, actively using drugs and alcohol as well and and i've often said that when we buried both of my brothers i don't know that i really felt uh the sadness and and the finality and the reality of the situation at that time um i i shed few tears uh at at their funerals. And I think that was in large part because I was uh, seeking to numb myself, not just to their deaths, but I was in an active addiction that was only building in those years. And it wasn't until I got on this path of recovery and, uh, and, and, and began to recover from my own addiction, could I really begin to understand the depths of what had happened to us and and the, so the, the, the such great significance of those events I can remember uh, one of the first times as a person in recovery visiting my brother's uh, graves uh, of course they are side by side in a in a small graveyard in rural Pennsylvania and I got there and I cried And I cried like I had not cried since I was a child. And I was unable to do that for a long time. And I would say that is because of the act of addiction. And so,
1: um, Before before you got into recovery in 2011, were you worried for your own life? I mean, seeing that your brothers had died, were you worried that you yourself were going to meet that kind of fate as well? Or did you not think about that?
2: You know, one of the things uh, about many of us in active addiction, it's not a concern. It wasn't a concern to me, uh, and and not not because I uh, didn't care whether I lived or died, but I think like so many, I didn't think it would happen to me. I don't think either of my brothers ever believed that what they were doing would kill them. And I was of the same mindset. My life was uh, a house of cards and it was built upon lies and it was beginning to collapse and to crumble. And I was married at the time and the marriage was on the rocks, uh, all because of the things that I was doing as, as part of my active addiction. And at the time, it was unfathomable to me how I would be able to live uh, if my uh, wife, who is now my ex-wife, left me. And so it was this, this uh, crumbling of the life that I had built and of the facade that I was projecting that ultimately really drove me to seek help. And, and it took uh, several months even beyond that until I was able to, to really uh, begin to walk this path in earnest. And so it, it was a realization for me that at about 36 or 37 years old, I was about to lose everything, and, uh, and, and 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 that, for me, was the impetus for my recovery.
0: Well, listen, we want to thank you for being on the show today and for the work you're doing at the Pinnacle Treatment Center. We looked at those online. It, it really looks like wonderful work that's going on. In the
2: thank you very much, Gloria. It is great work that we're doing. We're... Uh, we're in eight states. We treat about thirty-two thousand patients on a daily basis. And really, you talk a lot about hope, and that's really a, a lot of what we do is instill hope and 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 give people uh, another opportunity.
1: I love I love that you got into your own recovery in two thousand and eleven, and then started to really grieve the death of your brothers and make meaning of their life through the work that you do. And build, and, and I love how open and honest you are about, and about building awareness about addiction out there and getting rid of the stigma because I know that you are saving many, many lives out there. And I know you are doing it as a tribute to Todd and Josh. So thank you so much for what you're doing today.
2: Well, thank you, Heidi. I would just say one more thing. It's not lost on me that if not for the deaths of my brothers, I, I probably am not here today and so uh, it is really my obligation to memorialize them. And uh, and, and I'll tell you, all the, the the success that I've had since I've gotten into recovery, I would gra- gladly trade that for my brothers. Uh, in, in, in some of my alone time, I sit and think, what would it be like to talk with my brothers 13 and 15 years later? Uh, uh, as, as men of my age, um, I, I, I miss that. I'll never have it. And so the best I can do is use their stories uh, to help people. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to do that.
0: And thanks again for being on our show today. Do you have a website that you want to direct people to?
2: Absolutely. Uh, www.pinnacletreatment.com.
0: All right. Thank you again, Jason, for being on the thanks. show and for all the good in the world. And thanks, everybody, for joining us today. And Heidi and I, and I'm sure Jason always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own and God bless.
1: I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn
0: more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week. Where another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.